Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Good morning over there. How y'all doing? Good. How are you, Shannon? Hey, doing good. We're about 60 seconds out, and I'll be ready. All right, got my coffee ready. Okay. What time do y'all get started over there on Friday mornings? Uh, a couple hours ago, we were in uh, men's Bible and prayer I lead. Wow. Y'all get up early. That's great. Early bird catches the worm, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> and I got my coffee in front of me, too. All right. Praise the Lord for some simple things like coffee. I don't drink it much. Uh, I'm trying to wean off of it, so I just get Mama and Rita to give me half of a cup. And some of that gets cold. You know, I was, uh, you know, I got a holistic, uh, unlicensed doctor friend, and he was telling me about all of the benefits of... Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, it's not too bad. Three, two, right. one. Stand by. Love Talk Radio. And so, look, if I only ask for half of a cup and then I ask for another one later, that's still only one cup, right? But Don't worry. You can drink up to three. Hey, my grandfather, no joke, he used to drink six pots a day, Dr. Hansen. 
Oh my goodness! I think that sent him home to be with Jesus early, though. He's he went home at fifty-seven, so I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, no, not six pots. And he would put a saccharin tablet in it on top of that. That kills rats. Oh don't use saccharin. Lord have mercy. He's hardcore, but that's another story of another day. Praise the Lord, uh, folks. We're excited to be here on Friday with Dr. Jonathan Hanson and the team at World Ministries International. Find them on the web at worldministries.org. We're here with them every week, and it's an honor to be with them. Dr. Hanson, you want to open us in prayer? Father God, we want to thank and praise you, Lord, for this opportunity to serve you. In America and around the world, we pray people will uh, tune in. Those that are already listening, let them have an ear to hear. And let them be aware what we're facing in America and around the world today so that we can be prepared for it. We can be a conqueror and not a victim. Bless this program now in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you once again to the OmegaManRadio.com program hosted by Shannon Davis. Uh, If you're listening, watching a warning program, thank you. I've got an interview, a couple today. Uh, One, I continued with a part two from George Carneal, from Queer to Christ. I thought the interview was so good. I wanted to uh, give you a chance to hear it or watch it. And the other one is with Dr. Buckhart and I, uh, dealing with Hamas, COVID, and Mohammed in the war. So let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International as well as Eagles Saving Nations. I would encourage all of you go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. See what Eagles Saving Nations is all about. We're in desperate trouble. The United States is going to collapse as far as the republic. And judgment will definitely fall on America if there's not a great awakening. Great Awakening is a national repentance, which is a national revival. We've got to have it. They're trying to collapse the republic right now as we speak. And only Christians can stop this insanity as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. If the church will not rise up, then sadly, just like all through the Bible, the people of God have to go through, if we want to say, tribulation, persecution, bondage, slavery, Until after a season of crying and repenting, God brings them out of it again. But unfortunately, there's a lot of pain and death in between. Go to my website, worldministries.org, and join Eagle Saving Nations today. I have with me again, as my special guest, George Carneal. He wrote the book, From Queer to Christ. From Queer to Christ. And this is, I believe, an important book. I hope all of you get it. From Queer to Christ. It's on Amazon. Is that right, George? Correct. And Barnes & Noble, other places as well. They can find out more information at my website, georgecarneal.com. Okay. So I did one program with him. If you did not hear it or see it, again, you could watch or listen right now to the warning program. I urge you to go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. And watch it or listen to the program. Today is going to be like a part two. We're going to add on information that we did not really have time to cover adequately. Are you ready, George? I'm ready. Okay, I've got some questions for you. One, 
even the title of the book probably tells you uh, George was a homosexual. I'll tell you what, his testimony, he grew up in a pastor's home and you need to get the book or watch my interview or both. He came out of that lifestyle realizing what it represented. God wasn't happy and he's here to tell you that you can come out of it too. Uh, Whether it's homosexuality or whether it's adultery or fornication, whatever the sin is, you can come out of it. You can be victorious. I believe that's the message, correct, George? Correct. doesn't matter what bondage you're in. You can be freed in Christ. Amen. I know a lot of people in different types of bondages, whether it's sexual Mm -hmm. bondages or alcohol or drugs or what have you. Mm-hmm. But the point they need to know is there is a future. God can set them free. And so obviously they need to cooperate and they need to come under the blood. They need to accept him as Lord and Savior and then to follow him. But the point is, whatever bondage you're in, God can set you free. And you know, that's the beauty of it, George. God can set us all free. Exactly. I didn't know what freedom tasted like until God gave it to me. And I just regret that I didn't get it 10, 15 years ago. I hate that I lost 25 years of my life in that lifestyle, but God has his reasons for everything. Well, amen. And since we are born with a free will, you cover it in your book. A lot of times he has to wait on us to cooperate with him. Yes. He's always ready to set us free, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, are we ready? <laughs> exactly. Okay, question number one, how can pastors best address the LGBTQ issue from the pulpit, George? I would say to pastors, if I were in the pulpit, I would lovingly let my congregation know that I'm always going to call out sin. And I'm not going to yell and have such fervor or what have you over the sexual sin of homosexuals, but go very light on the sin of heterosexuals. And affairs, etc. So it's important to let everyone know you will always speak on sin and you're going to do it in love. But that's the purpose. We are called to speak the truth of God's word. And yes, God is love, but he's also wrath and judgment. He hates sin and just lovingly give them the truth. Well, that is, that's so important. Question number two, what can the church do to help LGBTQ individuals who are trying to exit that lifestyle? It's important to understand that once you leave that lifestyle, in my case, I lost 90% of my LGBT friends. I lost my support system. Okay. So you go into a church where a lot of people are ill-equipped to deal with the issue or they fully support it, which is the worst thing you could do as well. But it's important for the churches to give these individuals a safe place to come in and hopefully sit under the conviction, under a pastor who has the conviction to speak to the truth all of God's word and sit under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And additionally, it's important for them to understand that when the individuals leave that lifestyle, if God has not changed their feelings for someone of the opposite sex, there's the issue of growing old and being lonely. And we all want to love and be loved. So it's important for the church to also have programs for the single individuals, gay or straight, So they develop their own sense of community and not feel so lonely because it's the isolation that drives so many of the LGBT people back into that life. So it's so important because what would really depress me is the churches would have all of these family days with the children. And it would really make me sad because it was a reminder of what I wasn't and what I would never have. So it's so important to have programs for the single individuals as well. Very good. 
How should Christians handle witnessing to LGBTQ individuals? The first thing you've got to do, and this is so important, and this is how the Christians in my life dealt with me. I knew they loved me and they befriended me and that I knew they cared about me. They didn't see me as a project that needed to be fixed. You have to understand a lot of the LGBT individuals are very distrustful of Christians. So if you could befriend them and get to know them and gain their trust and then sit down and genuinely ask them, can you just tell me about your life and what you went through? You will find that most of these individuals have gone through traumatic childhoods suffering from shame, trauma, rejection, sexual abuse, you name it. But if you can get to those root core issues and and share with them even something personal about your own life, but how God delivered you and what Jesus did in your life, it will give these individuals hope. But it's so important to develop friendships and let them know that you truly care about them and they're just not another number to fix. Well, that's good. And, and you know, going into that past of hurt and pain and rejection and shame. And it seems like no matter what bondage you're in, drugs, alcohol, etc., people have been hurt and shamed and rejected. And these are broken people. And as you know, Dr. Hansen, whatever the root core issues are, we all act out differently. It's no different than the woman who sits in the bar and sleeps with a lot of men. There's, there's something that's missing even in her own life. But God will deal with those root core issues if we have people praying for us and you get the right kind of counseling. And that's how God really worked in my life. And once I dealt with those root core issues through counseling and through the help of the Holy Spirit, all of those things that were driving this bad behavior and this need to sleep with men dissipated. And I've been out of that lifestyle 16 years. I know it works because God does the work. Amen. Amen. So that, you know, ladies and gentlemen, whoever is watching or listening, uh, this is very important to help people regardless uh, of of their problems, regardless um, whether, again, they're a drug addict or alcoholic or or uh, just a womanizer or, you know, a lesbian or homosexual, whatever their their problem is, if you go into it, their past, a lot of it is the same hurting people. Hurting, broken people. And through the love of God, if you'll just show love and friendship and care, uh, again, God can bring them out and set them free. Amen, George? Amen. It's not our job to fix them. It's just to merely give them the information and what Christ can do for them, and God will do the work. That's good. That's good. What would you say to the LGBTQ individuals who are resistant to the gospel and their hatred of Christians. And as someone who's been there, I would say to these individuals, I'm not a self-loathing, mentally ill homosexual as I've been accused of being. I spent 25 years in that life and I was miserable and I hated Christians. But God really dealt with me on that. And he did put Christians in my life who had the heart of Christ. And I would say to the LGBT individuals, please get the chip off of your shoulder and stop being defensive. The world does not revolve around you and your sexuality. But if you can stop for a moment and just breathe, you've listened to the, to the narrative of the left. Listen to the narrative of those of us who are trying to warn and sound the alarm of what God's word actually says. The liberal theologians are lying to you. And once God woke me up and dismantled those lies and I saw the truth and I got it by also reading God's word. That I really searched diligently and I was sincere in my wanting to find out the truth and walking with God. And I want you to know God's word is clear. It's an abomination. You can't twist it any way, other way. 
and hell is real and people don't want to hear about it. But it doesn't matter what we think, feel, or believe. All that matters at the end of the day is what God's word says. And he talks about hell. It is a reality. And we have God and Satan in the spirit realm fighting for our souls. And they love and God loves you, but he, he's, he gives you free will. So when the Christian is coming to you, hopefully in love, get the chip off your shoulder and just listen because we care about your soul and where you spend eternity. We're not worried about your feelings. So for me, I had to uh, get to that place to re- receive the truth. Well, I'll tell you what, that's that's important. And uh, it's important for pastors to know, like you said, uh, they need to continue to speak the truth in love, but they need to speak the truth because uh, so many pastors are are capitulating to this woke mentality and they're not helping the people. They're hurting the people as they go along with something that is already uh, condemned in scripture. So when you go along with a woke mentality, uh, the culture is is uh, transforming you instead of you healing and transforming the culture, George. Yeah. And I want to say, Dr. Hansen, this is the sad thing. There are actually pastors out there when I know personally and even from friends of mine who have gone to pastors and so desperately wanted help to have pastors tell them we don't deal with that. You're on your own. Kill yourself. Castrate yourself. There are actually pastors out there that cold hearted. And if your heart is so cold and hardened that you can't see that Jesus died for the homosexual as well. He covered all sins, the porn star, the murderers on death row. How dare some of these pastors have such a cold-hearted attitude towards people in bondage? You may not understand it, but that's not the right way to to handle this. That's why people like me are out there trying to arm pastors with information on how to help these individuals. God loves them, and Jesus died for them as well. So I'm asking people to please have a lot more compassion and sympathy and and patience with these individuals. They are broken and hurting, but God loves them. Well, so correct. And on the other hand, there are pastors that have capitulated, capitulated yes. to the woke mentality, and they don't want to speak against this sin. In fact, they 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 somehow have been so brainwashed that they accept it. George? And to those pastors, I would say this. You're only getting a sanitized bird's eye view of this issue from the media and Hollywood. But when you sit and listen to those of us who've come out of that lifestyle, people have no idea how destructive and dangerous that lifestyle is. You have no idea what you are pushing these individuals into. It is the most hateful thing you can do to support someone and affirm them and push them into that lifestyle because you have no idea what awaits them. And so – The casualties I've seen in that life and how it nearly destroyed my life, listen to our stories, the ex-gays, ex-lesbians, ex-transgenders. Listen to us. We are warning you and sounding the alarm. And Christians, if you really care about these individuals, you will lovingly speak the truth of God's word and help them not go down that path because you're pushing them into further rebellion against God. And you will stand before God and answer for that on Judgment Day. Very good, George. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in, you're watching, listening, the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. 
both of them an apostolic prophetic ministry. We've got to have another great awakening. Go to my website, worldministries.org. We have to have a great awakening. Uh, judgment is falling on the nations, and so again is the new world order trying to bring all nations under its power, under its authority. Persecution is really coming to Christians. We've got to have another great awakening in America to be a sheep nation, not a goat nation. We need God on our side and not God uh, allowing judgment to fall on us. So join Eagle Saving Nations today. That's worldministries.org. Special guest again, George Carnell. And he wrote the book, From Queer to Christ. You can see it behind me. That's George Carnell, From Queer to Christ. And we're talking about what he has as first-hand information on this subject that many people don't seem to understand, many pastors don't understand it, but yet, if we can understand how to minister to them, it will help us ministering to anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, bondages are the same. People in drug addiction and alcoholism and, and womenizing and, and everything else, uh, they're broken people. They're hurting people. Uh, if we want to say they're messed up people, if we want to use another word, they're imperfect people. But if we can understand this, we can help them. And that's the whole point of the gospel is helping, setting them free, uh, the good news, the gospel. So again, George Carneal, from Queer to Christ, he authored the book. Now, George, uh, point number five or question number five, what should parents do and not do when it comes to handling this situation with their LGBTQ child? Dr. Hanson, let me say real quickly to the pastors and to the Christians, in the back of my book, I take all of the talking points of the liberal theologians and the LGBT activists, and I debunk them with scripture. So I've really laid an outline and put the work in there for you to read it. And then if you will just familiarize yourself with those talking points, it will help you much more when witnessing to these individuals and they are throwing those talking points out there to you. That's first of all. As far as the parents Understand, this has got nothing that God can't handle. And I know a lot of parents are get impatient. They are embarrassed by this or they want their kids out of that lifestyle. But you must understand, you don't know what the root core issues are. Additionally, you don't know if they're not thinking that they are LGBT because of the grooming in the school system. That's why it's so important to sit down and talk to your children. And most importantly, you must allow them to share whatever they are going through and not react negatively because if you do, it will shut them down and they're not going to talk to you. And then you have no framework of what's really going on. And for many, I've seen them actually push their kids into that lifestyle. And even I, I cut my father off for four years. I didn't even talk to him. I had no godly influences. It's a very delicate situation. Yes, but communication is key. Prayer, patience, let God handle it on his, in his own timing. But here's a simple prayer that you can simply pray when it comes to your children is to pray that God will not allow them to have any peace in that lifestyle and to destroy all relationships that keep them tied to that lifestyle. That's the beginning. But at the same time, that God will do whatever it takes short of taking their life to get them to wake up and to bring them out of that bondage. Because at the end of the day, our, our comfort shouldn't be the concern. We are concerned about their souls, and we don't want them to die and go to hell. But be patient. And I will say this, Dr. Hansen, I've seen cases of where God has dealt with the parents first because a lot of parents 
a lot of Christians, they talk a good game, but they don't really put their faith in God. And I've seen God's act, God actually bring parents to their knees, and he's worked on them first. And I've seen LGBT individuals who've seen the changes in their own parents that then started to make a difference in their own life. So you have no idea how God may work this situation out. But again, don't give up hope. We have the power because of prayer, and it's nothing that God can't handle. Amen. Amen. Very good. What suggestions would you give Christians who go to pride parades in order to talk about Jesus? It's most important that Christians don't go down there with their bullhorns and their turn or burn signs or your fags are going to hell. All you're going to do is cause the LGBT community to become more hardened and resistant to the message because it would just infuriate me when I would see that at the pride parades. But I know if you go down to the pride parades where so many of them are broken, if you simply have little tracks about your church and just a brief thing on the, the gospel and the plan of salvation and how much God loves them, if you go down there and hand out little bottles of water because it's usually very hot and you just say to the individuals, hey, we just want to give you a tract and a bottle of water. Can I give you a hug? Can I pray for you? And you'll be surprised that your kindness is going to melt some of their hearts because they're not used to people being kind to them. And they've had parents that have disowned them and kicked them out of the house. So one surefire way of reaching them is to extend compassion. Who doesn't want to be prayed for or who doesn't at least want a hug? And you're going to make more headway in, by going down that path than just sitting down there screaming and, and calling it you know, everything and just upsetting the individuals. Get them into the church and then try to uh, help them that way. And hopefully they'll hear the, uh, the truth of God's word and the Holy Spirit will convict them. What would you say to parents who still have children in the public school system? Get them out. Bottom line, I don't care what you have to do. Understand, I've seen the curriculum, and I have this information on my on page two of my website. I have tried to expose as much of this as I can, and parents would be shocked and mortified as to what they are actually doing behind the backs of parents, even slowly grooming and transitioning your children to the opposite sex. And they will openly state we want to make sure this doesn't get out there. And I have actually have undercover footage from O'Keefe and media group of where liberal teachers are caught on camera undercover admitting they know they only have nine months to groom the children. So do whatever you can to get them out because the curriculum from K through 12 is they are grooming them every year with more and more of this filth and perversion. And by the time they graduate school, their minds are going to be so twisted by this filth. What would you say to those parents if their children choose to go to a liberal college or university? If I had children, I would say to them, if you want to go to a fundamentalist, Bible-believing Christian college or university, I will help pay your way and do whatever I can to help you get that college education. But if you choose to opt to go to a liberal college or university, I'm not contributing one dime to the destruction of your mind because I know of one lady – girl who was raised in a Christian school from K through 12. She went off to a liberal college and within one semester, she now identifies as a lesbian atheist. Wow. That's how quickly they undid it. I would not contribute one dime. And I would tell them, if you're starving, I'll give you a bologna sandwich, but I'm not giving you one dime to contribute to the destruction of your mind in a liberal university or college. We must get these children out of these college school or these liberal schools and universities. What is the reality of the LGBTQ lifestyle that most people don't know about? 
First of all, the sexually transmitted diseases, they hardly talk about AIDS anymore, but so many of the, of the individuals are HIV positive. Additionally, the dangers of meeting the strangers for sex, a, a number of individuals who are usually raped, robbed, drugged, murdered. Um, and in addition to that, the domestic violence issues, not only with the gay men, but even in the lesbian community, it is substantially higher, not to mention the depression, the loneliness, the isolation, the suicidal thoughts, and those who do attempt suicide because it's such a youth-oriented culture. And what people don't know is that, yes, while you can find other like-minded people in that community, once your looks and fade and you start to age in that community and your body falls apart, you're not desired anymore. It's just a meat market. So here you are, an old gay man or lesbian woman, and what do you have? Your family's probably passed away, your partners, your friends have passed away, and you find yourself more alone and isolated. And what do you have to show for your life other than partying and sex? There's more to life than sexuality. So it's important that they know that there is a life outside of that, and that can be found in Christ. And that's the only way they're going to try and, and, and find true peace and happiness. So true. Why is the transgender ideology so dangerous? What are we not being told? They are give the medical community and the media are giving the narrative that oh you can take some cross sex hormones and have some cross sex surgeries and you can change your gender. What they are not talking about is the side effects, the risks, the botched surgeries, the increased risk in heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, not to mention Many of the former trans individuals who are detransitioning, and you can find their stories on YouTube. Just type in transition regret, and if you'll listen to their stories and listen to what they are telling you as to what happened to them when they went down this path with the surgeries, they are so distraught and in despair, and some of them are starting to now sue their uh, doctors. But many of them are saying we should never have been fast-tracked down this path. We should have been given counseling, and they regret it. And especially when you have the body parts removed, there's a whole onslaught of other issues that are coming that happen with that that we don't have time to go into. But if you listen to their heartbreaking stories, this is all a sham, and the medical community is getting rich, and these LG, these trans individuals are nothing but guinea pigs who are left to pick up the pieces of their shattered lives. And if they thought they had problems before, now they have an onslaught of other problems with this. Wow. Regarding the drag queen story hour, what would you tell parents who take their children to these events or see them as harmless? I lived with a drag queen, so I know the drag community. And these parents who take their children to these events are grooming these children. They are allowing them to think that this is okay. But what they don't understand is that it, when you go into the gay bars and you are watching these drag performers, it is a very adult-oriented program. A lot of sexual innuendo, sometimes very perverse, foul language, not to mention the drinking, the drugs, the predators that are already in the clubs as it is behind the scenes, the drugs, the sex that's going on. This is something you would not want any child to be uh, – your own child to be exposed to. So they present it as harmless and fun, but you really don't know understand the drag world and what happens again that comes as a part of being in that community with the gays and lesbians and just understanding what really goes on in that lifestyle. And the drag queen is a man. Yes. Mm -hmm. From a godly biblical perspective, what would you say to Christians who support the LGBTQ agenda? Again, God's word clearly outlines what is 
perverse, wicked, and an abomination, and what it's like to live a holy life. And when you push people down that path, it is everything that God's word stands against. And again, you are pushing them into further rebellion against God. And not only that, you really are harming those individuals. I am so thankful that I had Christians who cared enough about me to speak the truth, or else I may still be trapped in that bondage. And again, I want to remind those Christians, if you've supported this because you thought it was the right thing to do, which, of course, we want to love and treat people with respect. But Jesus still, even dealing with the woman at the well and the woman caught in adultery, called out their sin, but they were still required to repent and sin no more. We must call it out. And again, if, you know, if you've supported it out of ignorance, ask God to forgive you and undo that damage with your loved ones. Or else when you stand before judge God on judgment day, now you will not be able to claim ignorance because now you know. And I believe the judgment is going to be worse for you. So please repent and stop this and let's stand against this agenda. Fifteen seconds if you can do it. What would you say to the general public who are told that if you don't support LGBTQ individuals, they might harm themselves? It's a lie. And even in liberal Europe, they're killing themselves as they are here in conservative America. It's the lifestyle that makes you depressed and suicidal and rebelling against God. Ladies and gentlemen, you watched, listened to the warning program, a great interview with George Carneal from Queer to Christ. Again, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can watch and listen to the interviews. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can see what we're all about. World Ministries International is about apostolic prophetic, going to the nations, preparing the church for the second coming of Jesus Christ, meeting with leaders, because leaders are responsible for the condition of a nation, whether it is blessed or whether it's cursed. Again, it's apostolic prophetic. Now, Eagle Saving Nations. You could say it's the same thing, although we're trying to get every Christian possible to be a member of it. We have got to have another great awakening, which is a national repentance, a national revival, whether it's in America, Kenya, every nation on earth, because the world elite are trying to create this new world order, this one world government, which the book of Revelation and other books warn us about. If they do in their nation, those Christians are going to come under severe persecution. If they don't compromise their faith and work with the government, the New World Order, they'll be arrested and killed like the Jews were in Germany, as well as Christians that defended the Jews. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you understand the seriousness of the times, we've got to have another great awakening. Again, my website, worldministries.org worldministries.org. Please join Eagles Saving Nations now. In the studio with me, Dr. E.J. Buckhart. Dr. Buckhart used to fly with Northwest Airlines. He was a pilot for 32 years. And before he retired, he flew the jumble jets around the world. He's been with me since 1998. He's our dean of our Bible schools. He's gone through our World Ministries International School of Theology program, which is accredited. We get our degrees from Christian Life School of Theology. Now, EJ, welcome to the warning program. It's good to be here, Pastor. You have been with me a long time, and uh, you have been with me to many, many countries, and you've heard me give warnings all over the world and warnings again in full-day conferences 
about what we're seeing today, the creation of a one-world government. That you've been doing that for all the years I've known you. You haven't changed the message. It's still the same. And now it's happening. Amen. That's a sad part. <laughs> That's a sad part. We we could hope that it would have happened after we were gone, but uh, it's happening right now. Yeah, the church is not listening. That's the sad, that's the sad part. Yeah, the sad part is in any nation where the church is alive, they can stop their nation from becoming a goat nation. They can avoid these plagues and this persecution that the New World Order government is going to bring upon that nation. That's correct. They could avoid it. And so that's the purpose of eagles saving nations. Now, Israel is at war with Hamas. Again, October 7, 2023. Surprise attack. I'm still a little confused how they could pull it off when Israel has the best spies in the world. And uh, I'm still a little confused how they could get through the borders in mass. I, I don't quite understand that, EJ. No, I did see an article the other day, I listened to it, and trying to explain why this took place. And it's like here in America, we got a, our governments involved in, in odd and odd things, which has taken their mind away. And here in Israel, they said because of the, of the, uh, Differences of the political parties in Israel, which is really creating a lot of problems internally. They got so much involved into that, they kind of overlooked a little bit that was going on, and all of a sudden it hit them. And you see the same thing happening in America. Well, in America today, we're all involved in uh, our own economic problems in America. We're involved in uh, the political a tyranny in America. We're watching them frame Donald Trump in America. Right. Uh, and so, yet, I have warned, even during this exact season, that our enemies are going to attack us. That's correct. But somehow, it seems to escape the people that are responsible for protecting us. Either that, or frankly, we have so much tyranny and traitorism within the Congress and the White House that they, they know what's going to happen. And they maybe they're so deceived. You know, the Bible says if you reject the truth, you come under a spirit of deceivableness. Maybe they're so deceived, they actually think this war would help them stay in power because they could put martial law and not allow the elections to come about in 2024. They could protect their base of corruption since many of them would be arrested. And so maybe they're so deceived they think they can actually beat Russia and China and Iran. Uh, maybe they think they can beat them. Uh, I don't know, EJ, but uh, they, they seem to be brain dead. I would call it deceived. I think as we look at this Hamas-Israel thing and what's going on in America – uh, Satan is actually trying his hardest to totally deceive people, and he's doing a great job of it. And so that's why we as Christians, and with the message you have, we need to see through the lies and the discernment of the enemy, because this is what we're battling. We're battling a spiritual war that's taking place physically. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we, you and I live in Washington State, and... Uh in many, many red states, you know, uh, the, the, the dangers of the COVID vaccinations and doctors calling into the death pill, the doctors refusing to take it. And, and yet, Washington State on television, they're still recommending you go down, get your COVID vaccination still, still to this time. Oh, yes. Uh, and how they do it, they use fear. 
And it's one of Satan's big tactics is fear. People fear, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to get sick. I want to be able to live a long time. And the Bible says if you don't die to yourself, you're not going to be able to do what I called you to do. On television, Megan Kelly, uh, quite quite well-known news anchor, she said again she was so coerced by her job bosses to take the vaccination and she went into uh for an examination since she took it and she's come down with an autoimmune uh disease and the doctor said she asked is it because i took the covid vaccination and the doctor said yes did you read the article uh, the poster boy he's eight years old in israel the poster boy for the vaccine he just died of heart condition. The poster child for, for Israel because of the shot. And he was one promoted it. This should tell you something. Well, I couldn't believe that Israel, frankly, they're supposed to be so wise. I'm going to I'm gonna say, uh, and I'm all for Israel. I, I'm for praying for the peace of Jerusalem. I defend Israel. I back it. I support it. And But yet, I can't believe they were yeah. so foolish to be pushing this vaccination throughout Israel. Very interesting. I, I have no answer to that one. I thought that many times, too. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, because, again, it, it's become very well known that it hurts you. In fact, it kills you. And so why in the world with their intelligence and the, some of the best medical people in that's the right. world they have a, did they push this? That's, that's very interesting because they are, do have a huge, good medical staff and experiments and testing. and They're really up to date. Well, we do know, again, because since they haven't accepted the Messiah, the author of peace and discernment, <laughs> that they make uh, alliances with, uh, uh, if we want to say unholy alliances, they're going to make a seven-year peace treaty. Uh, they're going to, again, join hands with people that are going to betray them. So I guess they're, they're deceived in many areas. Yeah, they don't understand the enemy. Uh, they will lie to you all the way through. They'll tell you we're your friends. We're doing everything for you. But in the background, they say, we're just going to eliminate you. And they, for some reason, they don't understand that. I'm reading an article you gave me today. U.S. cargo plane arrived in Israel carrying the initial shipment of armored vehicles designated to replace vehicles damaged during the war. The Israeli Ministry of Defense said Thursday, armored ambulances, trucks, and medical engineering equipment are expected to arrive in coming days, the ministry said. The first delivery came the day after President Joe Biden's historic trip to Tel Aviv, where he pledged the U.S. would stand by Israel, provide whatever is needed to defend itself in its war with Hamas. Biden said he would seek congressional approval of an unprecedented support package to bolster Israel's defense. But then he goes on and says he also <laughs> pledged $100 million in United States funding for humanitarian assistance for the Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank. You know, Biden, you know, what is wrong with him? First, he, he unleashes all of that funds that was withheld, billions of dollars to, to uh, Iran. What does he think they're going to do? They Every day they're screaming, down with Israel, down with America. Every day they say, kill the Americans. Is Biden so stupid, so brain dead, or so, again, uh, humanly, medically uh, deficient that he doesn't know what he's doing? 
Well, basically, if you've been reading the news, everything, I mean, he made a bunch of false statements, lying statements while in, in Tel Aviv, in, in Israel. And we know here in America, he is a, a liar. And, of course, maybe he agrees with Hamas. They lie all the time. So he sees nothing wrong with lying, and he accepts their lies, thinking that will, the money he's going to give them is going to humanitarian purposes, which is a good thing. But there's so many questions out there, red flag. Will it go to help the people? Well, the humanitarian purpose is that America keeps funding Hamas, uh, the Palestinians in Gaza. They have proven time and time and time and time and time again over and over. Uh, that, that they steal the money, Amen. the leaders of Hamas, and that the people suffer. They use their own people as shields, human shields. Uh, they want them to die so they can parade them around on the screen and then collect more money from what deceived people. So I think what you first said about Biden, he is totally deceived. Amen. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we're just reading an article from Dr. Cottle, a friend of his, his ex or his former CPA, who was in Israel and has traveled there many times. And he says originally when he was there, the West Bank and the Hamas area were beautiful countries. They have prosperous. And now that Hamas has taken over, there is nothing. It's all trash in, in everything. If you take a look at a house, an Israel house in, in the West Bank that's by Israel, it's nice and beautiful. If you look one by the Palestinians right next door, it's junk. Well, I'll tell you what. The American people need to understand uh, the situation in America and in Israel. Frankly, the news media is not our friend anymore. The public schools are not our friend anymore. The universities are not our friend anymore. And they're promoting a communist Islamic propaganda uh, to turn our young adults and children into the New World Order citizenship. Headline news again, October 15, 2023. New York City public school teacher shares image of Hamas paraglider describes terror attack on Israeli civilians as a successful military campaign. Now, this is a New York City public school teacher that's a Muslim, EJ. Yes. And by the way, that was not going against military personnel in Israel. It was going against human life, personal husbands and wives and children. That's what they went after, those hang gliders. We're talking about, EJ, the paragliders from Hamas, the terrorists that came in and slaughtered Israelis. That's what we're talking about. Uh, The teacher, Mohammed Ahmed, teacher at Gotham Tech High School, supported it. This is a successful campaign. He's telling his students. Well, you got to understand, he's a Muslim and his goal is to destroy all Christian and Jewish life. So he's pleased with it. That's part of his religion. But the point I'm making is our public schools, our universities are led and indoctrinated by communists and Islamics that are totally against America. And they're they're training our students to hate America. Correct. And that's what this Muslim school teacher, (laughs) he should be, in my opinion, fired. Ahmad used the image of a motorized paraglider, which is one of the vehicles that Hamas terrorists used to invade the uh, music festival in Israel last Saturday morning. Says a survivor of the festival massacre described the grisly scene of murder and rape. We go hide in a bush, a big bush in the creek, and we was 
in the bush something like six or seven hours. A lot of terrorists going around us in search for people to kill. The terrorists, people from Gaza, raped the girls. And after they raped them, they killed them, murdered them with knives or the opposite, killed. And after raping them, they did that. Then they laughed. They always laugh. It's I can't forget how they laughed in the situation of killing and raping. It's totally evil. Total, total evil. That's all I can say. And this Muslim school teacher in New York City defended it. Well, he's defending his his uh, beliefs. Says, quote, I am shaking New York public school teacher Mohammed Adman made this Facebook cover photo celebrating Hamas terrorist paragliding into Israel festival butchering 260 teens and young adults, unquote. Spiro wrote it on the ex-social media platform, How Can Jews Feel Safe in Mohammed's Classroom? That's correct. That's correct. And they're trying to infiltrate America just like they are any other nation around the world. They want total domination. And the only way they're going to get it is by using terrorism to kill people off and get everybody so scared of them, so fearful. And the Bible says, do not fear. But man, what can do to you? But they do. And man is accepting that fear. And they're allowing them to get away with it. I'm going to read you a little bit out of an article I wrote, Unholy Alliances. Uh, this is part two. You can go to my website, worldministries.org. Worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can find it. You can also telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. That's 360-629-5248. And you can order the book. Philistine, The Great Deception by Raymond Bennett. You can put yourself on our mailing list where you get my articles absolutely free, twice a month, free, sent to you. My articles are on the website that go way back into the 1990s. <clears throat> it says, Unholy Alliances Part 2. <clears throat> I wrote, how can a born-again president promote and encourage the acceptance of another religion by allowing the religious leaders to come into the White House and pray. How can a president of a country who claims to be born again allow other religious leaders to pray to their God before the nation on television? How can a born again president make alliances with nations that are in idolatry, <clears throat> nations that hate Jesus Christ as God? The answer is obvious. Either that president is retarded, extremely immature, or that president really is not born again. Again, this is when Obama constantly said he's a Christian. He was a flat liar. <laughs> Amen. And he did so much damage to America in racism and putting, again, our traitors uh, in areas of government, Islamic communist he had a, even a communist CIA director. This is crazy. EJ? Yeah. It is amazing how, uh, but once again, you got to understand, he's a Muslim, and he's declared that in his language when he's in Egypt. Uh, their goal is is total domination. They can lie whatever they want to to get what they want, and he will. He did. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. My website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Give us your very best love offering You, if you appreciate what I'm saying. If you want us to continue to sound the alarm, if you want us to put this on national television, we need money. We're in a battle for America's survival. Also, join Eagle Saving Nations. 
So we can get into the uh, national stadiums and once again let the power of Pentecost come down so the church can go forth with power and authority, not fear and intimidation. Truth takes away deception. They are deceiving America by lying. We must speak the truth. Again, I'm reading from Philistine by Raymond Bennett out of my article, Unholy Alliances Part 2. Again, Obama was president at the time. Islam is the antithesis of biblical Christianity. Christianity advocates love and compassion toward God and one's neighbor. Islam promotes hatred and cruelty. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, wrote the Quran, the Muslim holy book. It's a mixture of desert folklore and customs. Revelations of Muhammad and elements of teaching from both Judaism and Christianity. Not only have parts of the Quran been lost or deliberately removed, but entire verses and chapters have been added to it. The Quran also claims that Abraham was thrown into a fire by Nimrod. The mere fact that Nimrod died centuries before Abraham was born appears to be of no account. In other words, it couldn't happen, but they still lie. The Quran contains many such errors. As a young child, Muhammad was nursed by a Bedouin woman by the name of Halama. The child had numerous fits which made Halaman think he was demon-possessed. Early Muslim tradition records that when Muhammad was about to receive a revelation from Allah, he would often fall on the ground, his body would begin to jerk, his eyes would roll in the back of his head, he would perspire profusely. It was while Muhammad was in this translite state that he received his divine revelations. EJ? Now, he's saying a thing about about that whole Islamic religion in, in Muhammad. And if you go to Mecca and you go to see where all the Muslims comes to pray in large quantities, it's a stone. It's a stone. Their God is a stone. Amazing. Muhammad had an appetite for women and married 15 wives, including a 10 year old girl. Now, before I get into this perversion and, and uh, you get into pedophilia and other things, did you hear how Islam is the book, the Quran, out of a, made up out of both Judaism and Christianity? Uh, parts of it has been lost or deliberately removed. Uh, in other words, it's not divinely inspired, authoritative, Correct. without error. And the mere fact that, again, here – Nimrod himself died centuries before Abraham appears uh, to be of no account when they're using this to try to say something. So, I mean, um, he goes into a trance, he comes out and and creates this religion of hate. He himself thought he was demon-possessed. His Catholic wife said, no, you're a prophet. <laughs> Amen. EJ? Yeah, I remember reading all that. It just It's just sad that uh, people will follow – uh, such a demonic leader. And I've always thought, you know, I, I'm blessed. I was born and raised in a Christian family in a so-called Christian nation at the time when I grew up. If I had been born in an Islamic country, would I be a one of those that promote Muhammad and the Black Stone? So, but we've got the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. And that's what we got to come against those because we know how Jesus has met many Islamic Muslims and they have given their lives over to the Lord when they see the truth. Mohammed, again, had a wife, an appetite for women. He was a womanizer. 
He married 15 wives. That's not including the concubines that he had sex with. Right. Including a 10-year-old girl. Right. He even married the ex-wife of his adopted son, who was divorced from her husband, especially for this purpose. He had the son divorce. Now, the marriage caused such a scandal that Muhammad received divine revelation to the effect that he was married to Allah's direct command. You know, so Allah told him to his, his son, divorce her. Divorce her. I mean, this is so stupid. And Allah is a black stone. In February 1989, Salman Rushdie, a Muslim living in the United Kingdom, wrote a novel entitled Satanic Verses, which caused such a worldwide storm among Muslims. The verses concerned Muhammad's appeasement of the pagans in Mecca. He received a divine revelation that was perfectly proper to pray to and worship the three daughters of Allah, Alet, Alaza, and Manet. The verses caused another storm within Islam because it showed rejection of monotheism in favor of polytheism. But Muhammad later returned to monotheism and subsequently received a revelation of Allah's ability to abrogate, that is, cancel a past revelation and replace it with a similar or better revelation. In other words, if I make a mistake, I just uh, let's do it again. It says, the satanic verses were not included in the text of the Quran after Muhammad's death. They were abrogated. They removed them. Amen. Because it showed that this guy was a nut. <laughs> that he didn't know what he believed. The literature on the satanic verses is so vast that an entire volume could be written just on this one issue. Every general and Islamic reference work, Muslim or Western, deals with it, as well as the biographies of Muhammad. While Muhammad was trying to encourage the Jews to accept him as a prophet, the Muslim prayed five times a day facing Jerusalem and also kept the Jewish Sabbath and other Jewish laws. But when it became increasingly clear that the Jews were not at all interested in becoming disciples, the incensed prophet changed the direction of prayer by turning his back to Jerusalem and facing Mecca instead. I mean, this is crazy. I know. People, I don't know if people really studied the history of behind or the bi the biography of these people who are forming these other religions. They would know the truth, but they're. I don't know why they're so blinded. Did you hear, ladies and gentlemen? Fifteen wives. You know, uh, some scholars and writings say the one lady was even nine. Right. And then uh, fifteen. Not counting concubines. And, and so first, he's trying to win the, the uh, Jews over. So now you're praying toward Jerusalem. Right. Oh, yeah. But when uh, the Jews won't accept him, now he's praying toward Mecca. Mecca. Uh, first, he, he's promoting polytheism and now monotheism. Uh, this guy is all over the place, EJ. He's just trying to get a bunch of people to follow him. And uh, when you have satanic influence in your lives, it's amazing how many people will follow the satanic influence. It's sad, but it's true. Again, he dropped then the Jewish laws and adopted the pagan Friday Sabbath in place of the Jewish Sabbath. Muslim scholar and statesman Ali Dashti writes, The historical evidence is crystal clear that Muhammad adopted the pagan religious rite of pilgrimage to Mecca, to worship at the Kaaba in order to appease the Meccan merchants who made tremendous amounts of money out of the pilgrimages. Thus, for financial reasons, cultural reasons, Islam adopted the pagan 
pilgrimage to Mecca. The roots of Islam are buried in Arabia, in Mecca, in a square stone building called the Kaaba. In the Kaaba, there are 360 genies, uh, idols, angels, and demons, one of whom was called Allah. EJ? Now, I've always been, always been told inside that Mecca is what's called the Black Stone. But then I guess around this Black Stone is all these satanic spirits that are operating within there. Well, this is a Black Stone building called the Kaaba. And uh, the, in this, there are 360 uh, demons. I wonder if in the stone. I want, oh, in one the of stone, them yeah. is Allah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. The demon Allah. Yeah, amen. I mean, how crazy. Allah was known to the pre-Islamic Arabs. He was one of the Meccan deities. Allah worship as well as the worship of Baal were both astro-religions in that they were involved in the worship of the sun, the moon, and the stars. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching, listening to the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International, Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations if you want to stop America from losing the Amen. republic. And I'm telling you, judgment from falling. Amen. Because if judgment falls, millions of Americans are going to die. I've had Dr. E.J. Buckhart with me today also. May God richly bless you. bless you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please order the book. You can telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248. I've got operators standing by. Also, my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Order the book I've been talking about, Philistine, The Great Deception by Raymond Bennett. That's Philistine, The Great Deception by Raymond Bennett. We're asking a donation of $25 or more plus shipping and handling. That's Philistine, The Great Deception. Again, we're asking a donation of $25 or more plus shipping and handling. Shannon? Hey, these were great interviews tonight. I really enjoyed them. And for the first one uh, with George Cornell, George Cornell, man, I'll tell you, there's nobody like him that can speak as articulately to that subject. Uh, What a great interview, and I really enjoyed the second one with Brother E.J. Buckhart. And, uh, hey, I'll just throw this in. Uh, The Black Stone of Mecca is an actual meteorite, if you'd believe that. And uh, it's been worn smooth, and now it's shiny because so many people have touched it and kissed it over the years, and it broke into fragments. So they cemented it into an outer shell made of silver. But y'all are exactly right. Uh, It's one of 365 uh, demons that uh, those tribes over there were worshiping, and then uh, Muhammad selected that one. And uh, while they consider that to be their God, it is not the God of the Bible. Make no mistake about it. Many people are trying to say, oh, we all worship the same God. Allah is not the God of the Bible. Allah has no son. So I agree with the Muslims on that. Allah has no son. So if he has no son... He's not Yehovah, the God of the Bible, whose son is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're not worshiping the same God. And by the way, uh, the God they serve over there, this little G, the demon, uh, its symbol is the crescent moon. It's a moon God is what it is. It came in the form of a meteorite. And uh, a billion people worship it. 
very sad. But many are coming to Christ, so I don't give up on them, and uh, we pray for them. I live uh, in the nation with the largest Muslim population, and uh, a lot of people over here in bondage, sadly. But some are coming out of it. Praise God, so we continue to pray for them. But we must stand up for the truth, and uh, people don't like it, they can go and lump it. But there we are. Thank you for letting me be on tonight. And uh, that book, Philistine, that sounds like an exciting read. So I encourage yes, you it's very good, and uh, we have plenty in stock, so I hope people call up and get it. Now, Dr. Hanson, before we close, how can people partner with World Ministries International and support the work that you're doing? Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you that information, but uh, Shannon, I'm, you know, the program we've done, uh, you were on my program too. That's also going to be on our shortwave program this weekend, which is uh, an hour program. And I'm going to have you on uh, again this week. We'll, I'll send you the information. And uh, But as we've talked about, as you mentioned, uh, Jesus in the Quran is a mere man who comes back to kill the Jews and Christians and bring the world under Allah. As you said, he's not the same as the Muslims say. We believe Jesus brought our salvation he's God and uh, if you say Jesus is God uh, that is a capital offense in Islam and they can behead you Uh, people need to understand uh, we like you said we do not serve the same God they're pushing Chrislam and everything very dangerous ladies and gentlemen my website worldministries.org world ministries.org that's worldministries.org you can support me even through the website or 360-629-5248 360-629-5248 that's 360-629-5248 you can send a check address it to WMI the address is PO Box 277 Stanwood, Washington 98292 that's PO Box 277 Stanwood, Washington 98 Once again, address it to WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Shannon? Thank you for letting me be a part of today's program, folks. I encourage you to get over the website, support World Ministries. Uh, They are on the front lines for Jesus making a difference. We'll see you next time, Dr. Hanson, Brother E.G., and everybody. God bless you all. God bless you. Praise the Lord, folks. Okay, uh, we've got two more programs coming up, and then we're going to have an evening program tonight, 8 o'clock, with Victor Mrablag in the Demon Hotline. Let me save this. We're going to come back in a few minutes and continue. Here we go. I'm going to refresh now. <laughs> 